Praise the Lord. We're raising up some, some prayers in this church. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, we're trusting that the Holy Spirit will really speak to you in a powerful, potent way. Matthew chapter 1, verse 16. Luke chapter 3, verse 23. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. And Romans chapter 8, verse 15, reading from the English Standard Version. It says, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who was called the Christ. Remember last week we went through some of the genealogy of Jesus, and this is how Matthew kind of ends his genealogy, Jesus' lineage. Luke chapter 3, verse 23 says, Jesus, when he began his ministry, he was about 30 years of age, being the son, as supposed, of Joseph. And then verse 38, it ends Jesus' lineage with being the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, who was also the son of of God. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15 the Apostle Paul is writing to the church located in the city of Rome. Now, Jesus, sorry, uh, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery. You didn't see, receive the spirit of bondage to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons or as children by whom in other words, by this spirit of adoption, we are able to cry, Abba, Father. I, I want to speak to you on the subject uh, of adoption, of adoption. Now, as we moved from Luke chapter 10, when we talked about this being a place of Martha's house, and now we're, we, we transition into, into chapter 11, where the disciples, they, they have watched Jesus for a while and have noticed that there's a correlation between the power he displays and his prayer life. 
again, these are these are Jewish people. Their their whole their whole um, nation was started by God. So they 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 began as a nation because of prayer. You know, Abraham asking for a son. They, so that's how they so they knew how to pray. But what they noticed is that with all of their religious upbringing, there was something that was happening when Jesus prayed that wasn't happening when they prayed, wasn't happening when the religious leaders prayed. And so finally, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Don't teach us how to pray. I didn't know how to pray, but teach us to pray. And I, I want to, I, I want to, God has got to resolve something in your hearts if you're going to have an effective prayer life. I sincerely believe the most important part of this prayer is two words, our Father. And if we, I really believe that the devil is trying to destroy in each and every one of us the concept of what that really means. And thus, we have, we have really lived lives with an orphan spirit. And what's an orphan spirit? An orphan spirit is a spirit that says you don't belong to anybody. And so it, it is my prayer that somehow the revelation of God will, will cause that eureka moment. I don't care if you are three years old or 103. You, somehow there has to be an epiphany that God is really my father. Now, when you look at this word father, and I, like many of you, I read this probably hundreds of times, and it never occurred to me until the Holy Spirit, that's all I can say, is that when, when you look at the New Testament, you've got to understand that, particularly the New Testament, it is, it is a book that is, to be, is written so that the whole world can understand what's going on. So, in other words, for example, uh, I know a number of, uh, of Africans, for example, who, who, which is really interesting, who, uh, because they come from so many different parts of the world, uh, uh, like, for example, I was, in, I was at a family in, in Ghana, and I, I believe the main, the main language is tree. And I remember sitting at the table with them, but they were all speaking English. And what they were saying was that be, because we come from so many different parts of the world, in order for us to really communicate, we all have to communicate in English, even though we're in Ghana or Nigeria. And that's kind of hard to understand unless you are from that setting. And my point is, is that so the universal language back during that time was Greek. So what's happening here is that Luke is explaining to you and I what Jesus said when he said, our father. Does that make sense? So he, he wrote it in Greek, but that's not what Jesus said. Okay. In other words, in other words, if I said, you know, 
the Lord is good. And and um, I know that Jessica is, 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 is Haitian. And so when she's explaining to a Haitian person that the Lord is good, and you follow me so far, she would speak Creole. She would not speak it in English. Okay. And, and, and so my point is, is that because she wants a, a whole Creole nation to understand it. Now, on the other hand, if she said the Lord is good, are you following me? And because she knows there's so many different nations in here, she would say what I said in Creole was the Lord is good, but I didn't say the Lord is good in English. I said it in Creole. Does that make sense? So you got to remember, Jesus, he is Hebrew. So when he said our father, he didn't say our father in Greek. He said it in Aramaic. That was the language of the street. That was the language that they spoke in. Are you following me so far? So when you, when you translate this word father, the translation is the, is the Greek word pater, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said in his language, Abba. So there's a difference. There are people who will come to Roy, Elder Roy, and say he's a father. Are you with me? But his children call him dad. One's a title. The other one expresses intimacy. Are, are you with me so far? So, so you've got to understand that and so when, when we have got to rest in the fact that God is our daddy if we're going to grow spiritually. Now, this is powerful because what God did is that when he saved us, are you tracking with me? He, he gave us, and I'm going to bring this back because I want to give you a, a, a hopefully a powerful illustration. He, he basically, he basically did something that was very unusual. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. And what we what not we, I'll talk about it. What I fail to remember is that not only was God Jesus' father, but God was also Adam's father. We don't, we don't realize that Adam's father was God. You'll probably have to let that marinate for the next three days because it's easy for us to say, yeah, Jesus is the son of God, but so was in Adam. So Adam was born of God and Jesus was born of God. Holy Spirit, help us to get this. But we, you got to get this. We are not born of God. We are adopted. 
which is better? No, I'm not. At, this is not a question. This is a statement. It is better that we are adopted. When Paul says that through this, we receive this Holy Spirit of adoption that gives us the ability to say, Abba, Father. This word adopt in the Greek, it means, it, it is the word, weas, uh, I think it should be up there, weas tetene. Weas means a son, and tetene means to make. So we have the spirit of adoption that says, I am making you my son. You are made up. <laughs> you need to understand this. God just made you up. You, I think it was Peter, well, one of them says, you were you, you not a people, but now you're a people. You were you made up. You weren't created. You were made up. You weren't created. You weren't birthed. You and I were made up. That's why the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter five seventeen, if any man be in Christ, you're a whole new creation. You are made up. God simply said to Jamie, I'm making you my son. You there was no background. There was no prelude. He just said, I'm making you my son. Just like he was just roaming the earth and he says, I want a nation. Okay, Abraham, I choose you. There were no Jewish people before Abraham. Abraham was a Babylonian. Babylon means confusion. And God just says, I'm going to make a nation out of you. And he was going to do it again with Moses. But that's a whole nother story. You, 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 need to, you need to get this to marinate in your spirit so that when you go to God in prayer, you understand he wants to give you what you ask for. And that will be the game changer because without faith, Hebrews 11 verse 6, it is impossible to please him. The etymology of the word adopt it is a it, it is a Latin word of doctorate. It means it means to choose for oneself. So you weren't birthed. God just simply said, I'm choosing you for myself. This word adopt means to take by choice. In other words, out of all these people on the planet Earth, I just decided. To take you. You are my choice. Those of you, how many of y'all play, uh, guys, how many of y'all play pickup basketball? Pickup basketball, okay? Uh, oh, yeah, three of you. Come on. You play pickup basketball. And you know, you you know, like when there's a lot of dudes out there, are you following me? And, and, and like, you know, 
the two guys who are the captain, can I get a witness? You, you want to be chosen. Okay? You want to be chosen. You don't want to be the guy who everybody's like, yeah, either, either I got next or it's like, wow, we need 10 dudes. All right. You know, we choose you. You don't want to be, you don't want, somebody you don't want to be that dude. You don't want to be that dude. Okay? You want to be the guy that people say, no, he's on my team. There are guys, come on, you know, there are guys who just, they arrive late. And all of a sudden, hey, 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 I got Chuck. Where's Chuck? He's across the street, but I see him. I got Chuck. And Billy Boy is here like, yo, I've been here for three years. No, 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 man, I got Chuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got Chuck and you got next. This, this, this word adopt means to select. The, the, the power of adoption is that God decided, I'm choosing you. This is what, this is what this Abba is talking about. I, 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 I got a letter two days, two days ago um, from a woman who we graduated from high school together and got this letter out of nowhere saying, hey, we're going to have a high school reunion, our 41st year, and, and because her and I were pretty close when we were in high school and we still have a good friendship, uh, she calls me, and I text her back a picture of my family, say, and she, she calls me immediately, and she says, uh, you know, hey, Brian, you know, a few of us are going out. You want to come out? And I said, yeah. And so I asked her, well, how's your family? Because I knew she was raised in Arlington. And this, is, this struck me as I was, because I already had this message. This struck me. I said, so how are your, your sisters? And she basically said, no, I don't have a good relationship with my sisters. One I'm estranged from, and the other one I don't even know where she is. And I knew both her sisters, and I said, well, do you, how many people in your family? And she said, all, I, all there was is three in my family. My parents have passed away. It's just three of us. And, you know, it, no, that's my family. And she said these words. She said, but you know, you can't choose your family. And yet God says, but I can. So for you to sit there whining and complaining about how God, you know, everything bad happens to you and God doesn't love you, that is an affront to God because he said, you're not Adam, you're not Jesus, I chose you. I'm going to ask uh, Troy and Jordan to come. And, and so, Jordan, what I want you to do, if you could just stay here by uh, Uncle Demond. I don't know if you know him as Uncle Demond, but everybody else does. Okay. And, and what I want you to do, Troy, is just stand up here. So, Troy, how tall are you? Okay, six. Okay. Uh, some like, wow, yeah, you didn't know that, but now you know. Uh, <laughs> and so watch this. Watch this. This is what happened to you when you came to Christ. And you got to get this because...
the final word for adoption in, in the etymology of adoption is is a word we don't use many times. It's a word called grafting. So we were grafted into the body. Okay, okay. We were we were grafted, and, and I want to. This is powerful, so that you understand that. Really, I hope you understand that you've been duped by the devil. Because God is like, I got all this stuff I want to give you, but you keep thinking you're unworthy. And it has nothing to do with worthiness. So, God sees you, you're Jordan, and he sends his Holy Spirit. Okay? The spirit of adoption. And this spirit, Holy Spirit, comes to you, okay, and he takes you, is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how some of you sound. Yeah. He takes you and he, he chooses you and gives you the ability to call him Father. Now, the beauty of this is that, uh, yeah, okay, it's like a baby's bottle. Anyway, <laughs> the beauty of this is that not only is he in the father's arm, but now he sees life from the father's view. Okay, now this is deep. The word graft, when, when something is graft, and I looked at, it says grafting is, a t I looked this up in the internet, so grafting is a technique used to join parts of two similar things, okay? Meaning that God is spirit, but so are we, okay? Join two similar things so that they appear to grow as a single thing. Are you with me? In grafting, watch this, the upper part of one thing, are you with me? Grows on the root system of the other thing. In other words, we are grafted onto the root. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you are grafted in me, you're going to bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. But he goes on on verse 16. Oh my goodness, get verse 16 of John chapter 15. He says, I have ordained you to bear much fruit and that your fruit will remain. That whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. I want you to be fruitful because when you're fruitful, I am glorified.
three things. And I was just going. <laughs> there are three advantages to grafting. Is, it, is, this, is this helping you? Number one, again, you can look it up. Grafting has an advantage of helping the thing that is grafted retain the desirable characteristics of the thing that is being grafted to. In other words, when we are grafted to Christ, we bear love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. We get his characteristics. The other beautiful thing about grafting is that it enhances disease resistance. In other words, we get power over the devil. We are John James chapter four verse seven. James chapter four verse seven. We are able to risk, resist the devil, and 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 so we can. No, we no longer have to agree. Those of us who are baby boomers, we no longer have to agree with that apostle uh, Philip Wilson, who said the devil made me do it. Okay, okay. You no, the devil didn't make you do it. You have once you are adopted and grafted, you have the power to resist the devil. So you, so you get the characteristics, you get the power of resistance, and finally you get the, also you get the power to resist colds. In other words, you have a greater ability to resist coldness. In other words, when you are grafted to the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have to grow cold in spirit. Now, are you tracking with me so far? And so, when we're talking about this, this grafting of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and being connected with God, please understand that, that, that as we abide in him, we're able to feed off of the root. See, some of you may not understand graft. Let me give you another example of grafting, and we can definitely sit down. In other words, uh, what happens many times is that when there's when a person has got like say a hundred degree burns on their arm, okay, they take they do skin grafting. They take they take skin from someplace else and they they lay it on top of the healthy skin, and somehow the healthy skin combines with the skin that was grafted, and the next thing you know, they are functioning as one. Okay, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. The word adopt has two words, add and option. Meaning that I had a whole lot of options, but I chose you. So, in choosing you, Jesus said, what? You didn't choose me. I chose you. So, if I chose you, come on, when you're playing ball, you don't play, you don't look. When there's about 20 guys, 
some of you ladies may not understand this, but when there's 20 guys on the court, you know that uh, uh, if you lose, you're sick. So you're trying to get the best players on your team so you can stay on the court. Okay, so God basically said, I want you on my team, I want you on my team, I want you on my team. Why? Because I want to win. So Jesus chose you because he wants to win. So stop calling yourself a loser. I have adopted you. I had other options, but I chose you. Now, oh my goodness, you, you, I, I wish you would get this. So that when I come to God and say, Abba Father, I'm really saying, you chose me. And so, and see, the beauty of being adopted is that you were chosen. And you have the same rights as the children who were naturally born. The same rights. So when I come to my father, I come to him worshiping. Why? Because he chose me. You chose me. I was, in fact, I was using your name as a swear word, and you still chose me. I was living against you, and you still chose me. So if you chose me while I was an enemy, and now I'm coming to you with open arms, <laughs> surely you're going to bless me. Surely you're going to use me. Surely... I am so, see, we need to sing some of these old hymns. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner, condemned, unclean. Oh, how marvelous. He had options and he chose me. He had options. And he chose me. So when I come before him, I come with no hesitations of, does he really want to bless me? He chose me while I was a sinner, while I was an enemy. He still said, while I was the kids, while, while he was walking through the orphanage and I was swearing at him and giving him the finger and say, ah, I want you. And he said, no, I'll take that one. Are you talking? Yeah, no, I'll take that one. Yeah, the one who's acting crazy, the one who's swinging from the chin, the one who's be who's beating up everybody and picking up the one who's swearing. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna choose that one. Why did you Why did you choose uh, little Missy? Good shoes shoes over there. No, 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 I choose you. Well, why you choose me? Because I want to show the world that my power can change anybody. And when I get through with you, when you come back to the orphanage, people ain't going to recognize you because I have so transformed you. Now, here's going to be the challenge. Some of you who follow basketball, I think I have a picture up there. There's basketball, LeBron James. And LeBron James played for 
Cleveland for a number of years. But he had this little thing in his contract where he could opt out. See, there's adopt. There is opt out. So he had the option of staying with Cleveland for another two or three years. But he had a little thing in his contract that said, I can opt out, meaning that I have the option. I can make the choice. I can make the decision of I don't want to play for you anymore. I want to be on a different team. And so all summer, is LeBron going to opt in or opt out? And we know that he, next picture, he opted out. Okay? He opted out. He decided to play. Now, now watch this. And then we'll pray. We'll pray because some of y'all need some prayer. <laughs> Cleveland did not ask LeBron to leave. Am I right about this? They wanted him to stay. They wanted him to stay. But he opted out. Some of you, God is trying to make everything right for you to stay, but you keep looking at your life and you decide to opt out. God is like, I want you to stay. God say, we can have a contract forever, but you look at your life. You look at the other, whatever you're looking at, and you say, God, I'm opting out. I'm no longer walking with you. I'm no longer going to church. I'm no longer praying. God didn't tell you not to pray. God didn't tell you that your sin was so bad you can't come back to him. You decided to opt out. You decided God don't want to hear your prayers anymore. You decide, You made the decision to opt out. And God is doing all he can to get you back into the covenant. And so, today, I want to anoint those of you who may be, for whatever, whatever is going on in your, in your mind and in your spirit about the fatherhood of God. That you will get in your spirit that God said, not only have I adopted you, but I've even put a spirit, Holy Spirit, inside of you that is always saying, you're my daddy. You're my daddy. You're my daddy. Corinne, Lisa, and Roy, yeah, that's the natural daddy, but that's not the real daddy. Because when this daddy passes away, their true daddy will still take care of them. David said, when my mother and father leave me, the Lord is still going to take me in. In fact, I dare say it's more important to have that daddy than this daddy. I'm not saying that this daddy isn't important, but that daddy is most important. And I really believe that even when you 
don't I have these daddies around? God raises up daddies in the house of God to say, don't worry, I'm here to be a daddy to you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's begin to just bow our heads and worship the Lord. Wherever we are right now, some of us may need to repent because we don't understand how much God really loves us. The spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. He, he chooses you. Hallelujah. If you're here and you saying, Bishop, I want to be included in this prayer. Again, I'm not here to interpret whatever your issue or challenge may be with Abba Father, your Father. But I'm telling you, this will be a game changer. That if you can see somehow in your spirit that God chose you, he had options and he said, I'm not stuck with you. I wanted you. Oh, what a joy to know that he wanted me. I think it's Travis Green sings that song, He Waited for Me. If if you're here and you're saying, Bishop, I want to be included in this prayer, I wanna I, I wanna put to rest this issue about my my relationship with God. Because I, I want to I want I want to fulfill all, all the dreams he has for me. Oh, God has dreams for you. And that's why he chose you. He can hardly wait to see what you're going to be like when you grow up in Christ. What you're going to accomplish for him when you grow up in Christ. And he is constantly grafting you. And so if you're here and you say, Bishop, I want to be included in this prayer. I want you to stand right where you are. Because I, I, want, I want to bestow on you the Father's blessing. The Father's blessing of this house. This is, this is your season. This is your moment. This is your time. The, the Father's blessing. I don't believe that God sent this word just because it's a nice thing to do. I believe that God has heard for some of you, your hearts cry. And God is saying, I have so much I want to do for you, in you, and through 
are my pick. You are my pick. And, and today I want to start settling the issue. You're not a mistake. You're not someone I'm stuck with. I love you so much that not only I chose you, but I sent out my Holy Spirit to grab you and give you the ability to say, you're my daddy. That something inside of you is recognizing that I've been born for something greater. Hallelujah.